Good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you here today. Join with me, if you would, please, on page 263. 263, a shelter in the time of storm. The Lord's our rock, in Him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Your whatever will be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. Shade by day, defense by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes upright, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary see you, some of you again, <laughs> those of you who just came in, it's good to see you, visitors, God bless you for coming here and spending your time with us as we spend time with the Lord. Um, just want to let keep you in, in remember that uh, Brother Boer is gone, so uh, just would you, if you would please, I'm sure you all have been, I, I know that, but keep him in, in your prayers. And uh, the family, everything going on uh, with them right now. But just uh, keep them up before the Lord. And uh, again, just want to thank you guys for being here. Um, are there any are there any prayer requests that that uh, any urgent anything that we need to know now that you want us to 
pray about or seek the Lord? Urgent unspoken. Anybody else have urgent unspoken? Okay. Yeah, I think we all could probably have that hand raised unspoken. Okay. Nothing else? Okay. Well, let's pray and then we'll have another one or two songs, Brother Keith. I want to say one thing, though. I appreciate him helping me. And I appreciate him being here. He's kind of, he's kind of keeping me up. <laughs> but anyway, I love you, brother. Thank you for, for helping me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to be here. And uh, thank you for everyone that showed up. And just pray, God, that you would Lord, just be with the prayer request. It's unspoken. There's many. And, Lord, you know what they are. And we just ask that you hear them, and, Lord, that you would uh, work them according to your will, and just that you'd be glorified and honored in all of it, Father. Would you pray for our pastor as he's away, and just ask God that you uh, watch over him and keep him safe, especially, Lord, as he drives back. And uh, <clears throat> just ask uh, that you'd be with his family also and, and uh, just provide the needs that are there. Uh, Lord, we love you. I just thank you for all that you do for us. And just, just uh, Lord, thank you for just uh, our time, our song service time. And, uh, Lord, just the songs that we have the privilege to sing that just lift you up and glorify you and uh, not the things of the world, not individuals or anything, but, Lord, they, they glorify you. They're a testimony in themselves. They're a, a message that can be preached behind any pulpit. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for that, and uh, thank you that you have preserved those as you have preserved your word through these years. And so I pray and ask again that, Lord, you'd meet with us and just speak to our hearts, and, uh, again, that you'd be glorified in everything. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Brother Keith. Page 264. In the garden. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He me and 
I'd stay in the garden with him. Though the night around me be falling, but he bids me go through the voice of a tuckered out, join with me again on page 530.
beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Amen. Sorry I messed that song up, guys. I wasn't actually planning to sing that song today. I heard heard some whistling earlier this morning, and I was like, oh, that song just made the cut. So, so praise God. And um, if you don't mind, let's sing happy birthday to Miss Jennifer. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jennifer. Let's, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Let's welcome my brother, Kevin Douglas. Well, back again. Those of you that weren't uh, here for Sunday school, I, I told them, I, and I told Brother Richard again as we went down and talked for a little bit, uh, I have a, a brand new appreciation for pastors, especially our, our pastor, uh, trying to prepare, uh, for me, trying to prepare one message is is. It's uh, excruciating. Uh, it really is. Uh, you can ask my wife. I go through. I go through a lot, and uh, I I found out. I mean, you prepare three messages, one on one day, and then you have to come back in the middle of the week with another message. Whether it's a series of messages that you're you're teaching or preaching on, you still have to have a message. And uh, I, <laughs> I, I struggled this this last past week, and, and I struggled hard. And um, I, I, I think a, I think a lot of it probably was uh, of just flat out fear. I was just af- afraid of, of standing up here, afraid of you know. I know who I am inside. And I, I definitely know my weakness. And I know my doubts. 
I know my fears. And I know that I don't trust the Lord as much as I should. And I said before, I know standing behind this pulpit is a great responsibility. <laughs> and it's a fearful one for me. So I, I take it serious, but when it comes to planning, and when I was at Beacon Baptist Church, I went through the same thing. I mean, I, I taught Sunday school for a while, and, you know, I had to have a, a series of messages. You know, like Brother Robert said, you think you can, you know, have something for several weeks? I said, yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, you know, I will. It's like Brother Brother Brewer calls me up. I love you, Brother Brewer, if you're listening. <laughs> when you see this, he calls me up and I said, Brother Kevin. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, so he told me his situation about having to go to Florida. And he said, I was so... I was wanting to ask you. I may not have this word for word, so forgive me, Brother Brewer. But um, he he asked me if 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 I would want to if I would want to uh, take the service, the three messages. And I think he was almost hitting at taking the fourth on Wednesday. <laughs> Brother, Brother Roberts is going to do that one, thank God. Uh, but I didn't want to say no. I, I mean, all of a sudden it was like, bam, uh, no, no, no. You know, at first it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but then it was just like, yes, 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 yes. I want, and, I, and I told him, I said, you know what, Brother Brewer? I said, I, I'd like to take the challenge. And it has been a challenge. It has been a challenge. And I have struggled. And, um, you know, just, I, can, I, I have things in my mind and I have it in my heart. But when it comes to writing it down on paper, I get so far and then like, I can't get the emotion out in the words. I, I, I have trouble doing that. So I'm looking for verses to, ex, to express those things. And, and when I say I, I have a problem handwriting things out, I, I do because this hand is, um, it's partially known and if you ever shook hands with me, it's it's cold like ice, uh, and uh, there's nerve damage there. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go into that. I'm sorry I didn't mention it, but it is difficult for me. I used to be good at taking notes. I learned that in college. <laughs> you better take them fast or they're gone. And uh, <laughs> um, but I used to be pretty good. And then this thing happened to me in my shoulder and arm and hand and everything. So. Um, I have, I struggle getting things down on paper, and that scares me because I, I don't have a good memory either. <laughs> I can't remember everything that came to me when I was reading these. I try to get it down, but everything, some things are just gone. And, and again, like I said, that scares me. It, it scares me to death to stand here and, and think that I really had, I had some good things, but it just kind of went, you know. And uh, so today's this service. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's this afternoon's I think message. But this has got well, it's got other stuff in it too. But it's got it's got notes of different things all through it. That's Rita asked me. She, I was struggling. She knew it. You know how you doing? I said, well, <laughs> you know, I hope God's there with me. 
she, she said, well, can you look through your, your notes? You know, the first thing I thought of was when I was up here talking the last time, I think, my testimony, I mentioned the fact that I used to write notes on uh, those little yellow tabs and at the house, she'd find there, there'd be notes on napkins, anything that I could write on. I, there, there'd be notes on it, possibly. They were all over. And, uh, you know, I just, this, even in here, it's like, this, this is a messy, this is, you know, whatever. But uh, I got to a point, and I think I got frustrated, too, because I didn't really know, and I, you know, what, what direction is God taking me? You know, I'm 67 years old. I thought at one time I was called to preach, or, you know, and then I thought, well, maybe I should have went in the teaching field, and it's like, I seem to have bombed in, in both areas. I, I, you know, I, it's like I hope I don't, which I, I hope I don't fall flat on my face, but I just want God to be glorified. I just want God to be honored in everything it's, that is said, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm rambling like I am now, but. But I, I know I do that. You know, I chase rabbits and I, but it's just like God impressed upon me, you know, Kevin, just talk to them, <laughs> you know, just talk to them. And I said, okay. And, and uh, so he takes some verses and I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> Be perfectly honest with you, I, I don't have any real solid notes on this message other than what the Bible is going to tell us. And seeing how this is the morning service, and seeing how it is the, don't get me wrong, I don't, it's the weekend of, you know, special weekend. Uh, you would think that maybe a lot of places are, you know, maybe pastors whoever are talking about what's happening this weekend. So, I'm not. <laughs> it's kind of like you have Sunday school, it's, you know, a lesson to be learned, Okay. You have the morning service usually. In most cases, you probably try and uh, go the evangelistic way with the message because you've got more people. You maybe have uh, visitors and whatnot. So you try and reach that. You try and speak to both the, you know, a, a lost person, uh, the saved person that's here in the congregation. So you're going to try and be a little bit evangelistic in most cases. Evening service, or in our case, the afternoon service, that, that seems to be a time of, uh, lifting up and encouraging and, uh, you know, going in that direction. So this message is going to be strictly scripture, uh, I think. <laughs> Unless God, you know, and, and you know, he's going, to, he's going to guide and direct. But anyway, we're going to be talking in the Gospel of John. And if you want to turn to that book. And it's very fascinating, the first part. Of, and I'm not, I am not going to tell you anything that these verses aren't telling you other than, um, you know, you, <laughs> I used to think, oh, you know, because I've heard these men preach. Uh, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been in their presence and heard them preach. And you think of John R. Rice and uh, Lester Roloff. You, you, you think of Le, uh, yeah, Lester Roloff, he was something. Uh, John Rice and, and, and Dr. Jack Hiles, and um, I've got the in an old old Bible that's just when I first got saved, I, I got it, and it was a John Rice Bible, you know, his name's in it and everything. It's got his notes and stuff in it. Oh, I basically wore that Bible out. It's falling apart, just like the other little red one, kind of burgundy color one I carry. The, 
it's falling apart. And uh, so I, I got, I got a, which this was almost a mistake. It's basically kind of a, a study Bible, but it's bigger, it's heavier, and it's. <laughs> but anyway, um, <clears throat> but anyway, it, I'm just going to preach from from God's word as it says. Okay, I'm not going to try and and tell you anything that you don't already know. I'm just going to emphasize it. Okay. Um, but it will be a bit evangelistic, and you'll, you'll know that when we get into another area of John. But let's pray again, and, and let's ask God to, to bless. Father, we, we come to you again in our morning service, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that uh, you've given us this church and, and these people. And uh, you've blessed. And Lord, you, you have given me an opportunity to stand behind this pulpit uh, where uh, I believe and where a man of God stands every week. Lord, I'm not going to try and fill his shoes. I'm not going to try and fill any other preacher's shoes. I've been in the presence of, of some of them, and that's not my goal. That's not my desire. I, I don't elevate men. Uh, I don't put them on pedestals. I've seen the damage that it has done to a lot of people. But, Lord, I'm just asking you to be with us right here and now, to be with me as I speak. And, uh, Lord, as unprepared and unworthy as I know that I am, I just ask, Lord, that you would just share out of your word what you have for us and share the truth of what you have here. And I just pray, God, that our hearts would be blessed, our lives would be blessed, and that you'd be glorified and honored in it, Father. We love you. And thank you for all that you do for us. And we are so undeserving but we love you for it, Lord. So I pray, God, that now you would speak to hearts and that you would just share what you have in your word. We pray and ask in Christ's name. Amen. The, the book of John is usually, if you, if you notice when they do the scripture work, it's usually um, they're doing John and Romans. And, there's a, of course, there's a reason for that because John and Romans is talking about salvation um, there's a lot of scripture there that shows a person how to be saved and we're going to look at a little bit of that but <clears throat> it always comes to mind you know who is who is Jesus and boy I, I tried to answer that and and we could go and, and talk you know about who he is and I had a list of things, you know, the names, you know, the Rosa Sharon and you know, the names that we've you've, they've been gone through. And I was going to do that and um, <laughs> give the name, give a scripture that goes with it. And that would have been that would have been great. That is great. It's good to know. But I couldn't I just couldn't write it all down. Uh, but I got to thinking about John, I got to thinking about the, the opening of. The Gospel of John here, and if you'll bear with me, and you know, 
<laughs> I don't think anybody ought to have to apologize for reading a lengthy passage in, in the Bible. Because you can go back in the Old Testament and look where they stood for hours while they were read to. They didn't sit in comfortable chairs. They, they stood. So I'm not going to apologize if I have to read long passages. <clears throat> but I do ask that you just bear with us for because we're, we're just going to read God's word and we're, and, and we're going to share with you. So chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now we know, according to Scripture, who they're talking about. The Word has always been Christ. He is the Word. So let me share something personal with you that I made a note to myself. Every time that you and I open these pages and we read these words, we are spending time with Christ because he is the word. Of course, we know that Christ is God manifest in the flesh in Christ. But we are in the very presence. We are with our Savior in these words, these very words we are experiencing Christ talking to us. And you can't get any better than that. But he's the word. And he's been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, it says in the beginning was the word. If you, Genesis 1-1 says in the beginning God. So you can't dispute that. That's pretty plain, isn't it? He's been around. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. There's no argument. You, you can look outside. <clears throat> I, it never ceases to amaze me. And I, I have to wonder how someone can go outside and look at creation, look at the stars, look at the sun, the moon, and anything else you can see out there. If you've got a telescope or whatever, or look at some pictures on YouTube or on the online that have been taken out in space. You go out here and you look at the trees. You look at the grass. You look at and hear birds, animals. I could go on and on and on and on and on. There are things that you and I, that they're here in this creation that you and I have never seen, okay? But God created it for a reason, for a purpose. It amazes me how in God's creation that he can create a fish okay, that lives hundreds or even thousands of feet in the water, in the ocean. Because we all know, right, pressure from the outside. What's, what's preventing those creatures from just, <laughs> you know? Because when you bring them out of the water, there's really not much to them, Okay. But if we went down, we would die. But you see, they were meant to live there. We were meant to live here. They all have a person, purpose and a reason, and they were created for that. Evolution, I, even when I was lost, I, I thought it was, I thought, it, how stupid. How, I did, how stupid 
can you believe that we came from monkeys, but can you really believe that everything that you see and read about created itself? And when I was in school, it was, a, it was the Big Bang thing. And I was like, okay, well, fine, Big Bang, boom, you got particles. And stuff. But, but what went bang? There had to be something in existence that was there that went bang. Well, they can't explain that. You can't explain air. You can't explain gravity. But they want you, evolutionists and atheists and whoever, they want you to believe that all this just came about over millions and billions of years. And there's another thing. They, can, they cannot agree as to how many years this earth has existed. You know, some say X amount of millions. Some say, no, no, it's another X amount. Oh, it's a billion years. They don't know. Thank God God explained it and put it in perspective for us as much as we can understand about creation. But all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ is our light. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You can't hide the light. You, know, you, can't, you can't hide the light of God, the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the light of the Word. You can't hide it. It's, it's been tried from the very beginning trying to hide what this book talks about, and it always resurfaces, doesn't it? There was a period of years where God did not speak, okay? And there was a reason and a purpose for that. But we have his word now that's been preserved, and we can take it with us anywhere we go, and we can read it anytime we want. But it's, it's the light, of the world because the word is Christ and he's the light. And it says in verse 6, it says, speaking of John the Baptist, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And that's an invitation. All men. The ladies are not excluded. But all men have the opportunity to witness that light. We have the opportunity, uh, as John did, you know, to be a witness of that light to others, to share that light with others. But anyway, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. John the Baptist was not that light. If you notice in the King James, light is, the L is capital. Just as the W in word is capital up there. And, and else. But John wasn't that light, but he was a witness of that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. The scripture finishes there. He, John had a purpose for his life. When you read about John, you think, wow, he had such a short life. 
why did he have to die so early on, you know? But he had a purpose to introduce that light to the people, to begin the change that was needed to take place from the Old Testament, the, the priesthood, the covenant there into the New Testament, into the new covenant that was going to be made. So he was breaking the ice. He was, um, again, he was, he was to, to bring that into being, to bring it forth, and to introduce Christ to the people. His mission was over after that. There was no reason or purpose for him to be there anymore because here's what would have happened. Because he had followers, okay? And even after he died, he had followers. But what would have happened most likely is there would have been a split. There would have been, Christ was introduced and he was, he was you know, bringing in the, the, the new covenant, speaking of himself and who he was and revealing these things. But there still would have been people following John. It would have been a distraction. He, he would have taken disciples away from Christ. And there would have been a, a division. We talked about that this morning, that there were divisions in the Corinth church. There were four different, four different individuals that the, the Corinthians were following, looking to. And obviously it created a problem. It'd be like another pastor coming in. And you have two pastors here, a pastor in the church. And I know some church, some big churches have, you know, they have the main pastor and then they have assistant. But that that's identified with their, you know, you have like, you know, Brother Boer, okay? So he is our pastor, okay? If there was an assistant pastor, then an assistant pastor would know his place. The people would know his place, that he, this is not his place to to be in charge, to, you know, to pastor the church, but he's assisting. If anything would happen to Brother Boer or, you know, another pastor in another church, then he would step in and fill in and, and, and do what he needs to do till the pastor came back in and whatever. Or, unfortunately, if you lose your pastor, if you've got an assistant pastor, then sometimes he'll, he'll step in until the church finds a new pastor. But there's always just one position. Anything, it's a, it's a second, third, fourth position, okay? Much like with deacons. They're not the pastor of the church. Deacons do not run the church. They do not tell the pastor what to do. Uh, a lot of churches uh, have a problem with that. They tell the pastor what to do. And the pastor, if he's not the man of God that he should be, he follows suit because he doesn't want to cause problems in the church. Well, that's wrong. Anyway, I don't know what that, anyway. But John was not that light. And he was saying so to make sure that people knew he was not that light. He was just introducing Christ. Verse 9 says, well, let's just, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Man is without excuse. 
You're not going to stand before God one day and say, well, I didn't know. I, I, you know, I didn't know he was Jesus. You know, nobody told me. Well, still no excuse because you have all of creation that lets you know there is a creator. Okay, and he created all of this. You know, so you're still not going to have any excuse when you stand before God that you didn't know. Because this book has been around for a long, long time. The Word has been around for a long, long time. And everybody has the opportunity. Okay. But anyway, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came unto his own people. You would think of every, of all people, they would know that they would be able to recognize Christ because of what was said in the Old Testament. If they just took the time to listen to Christ when he was on earth and hear what he said, which a lot did, some believe, but a lot they were hearing with their ears, but they weren't hearing with their heart, or you know, or they just flat out the pride wouldn't let them believe that Christ was and is who He is and who He was then. It was just, it was pride. Here's here's the thing that was going on when Christ came on the scene, and, and things were going to change. Okay. Because we all know from reading reading our, our Bibles that when those changes started taking place, things just kind of blew up. And there was a, a lot of persecution and stuff. Uh, but the priests knew, okay? I think, they, I think they knew. And part of the problem was they didn't want to lose their position. I don't want to lose my job. This guy comes on the scene, yeah, okay, we, we think he's the Son of God. We think he's Christ, you know, we, yeah. And he seems to fit everything. But I don't want to lose my position as high priest or as a, a, a priest here in the synagogue. You know, I don't want to lose the admiration of the people as I walk through the streets, you see. I think a lot of that was going on, that... They knew who he was, but then at the same time, they denied him. Some just didn't know who he was because they just didn't know what the Bible said. They, you know, they were involved in, in, in self-promoting and, and such, so they didn't know what was going on. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Can you imagine? To them, now this, we're involved in this. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You and I are the children of God. Through Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, through his shed blood. We have the privilege to walk into the throne of grace 
through Christ's blood. When that curtain was rent from top to bottom, uh, you can imagine a lot of speculation that was going on then. And I imagine there were a lot of priests and people who were probably scared. Okay? But when that was rent, it opened up wide. For those of us who have trusted Christ, (laughs) you know, truly trusted Christ, we know without a doubt that we're born again, that we're children of God. We get to go into the Holy of Holies, right into the Holy of Holies, you know, and we get to be with God through Christ. When you enter into prayer, and I love it, I love it where, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but I, whenever Christ was praying, and did you know that back then, when he was alive on earth and, 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 and ministering, do you know that he prayed for you and I? That name was my name. He knew who we were because he's God. But he prayed for us because he prayed for his disciples for their protection and well-being, for their provision. And he asked God, here's an interesting thing. He asked God, the Father, not to take them out of the world. Don't you wish you could be taken out of this world right now sometime so you don't have to experience the things you're experiencing? He asked the Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, leave them, but basically I'm asking you to watch over them, you know, take care of them. And in doing that, he also prayed for those who would believe through their ministry. So he prayed for his disciples in the, to stay in the world to do what they were supposed to be doing. And that's to eventually, when he, Christ goes off the scene, eventually they were to carry on the ministry of preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel. And through that, through all of that time, all those ages and generations up until now, we are the result we are the result of that ministry going forward and not dying. And we are the result of that prayer that Christ was praying for us, although we didn't exist then. I find it fascinating knowing that my Lord and Savior prayed for me way back then, knowing that one day I would get saved, that I would be the fruit and the result of what he asked his father to do with his disciples. But anyway, (laughs) but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, we could go go in there and, and talk a little bit more about being the sons of God or being the children of God what privileges and rights we have. Like we just mentioned, one of those is going into the Holy of Holies. Knowing that we have the hope of heaven. I mean, there's so much there that you, you, could, you could teach and preach on it probably for quite a while. And just, just taking verses and reading those verses, talk about them. But we have, we have a lot of privileges because of that. And then he goes goes on to say, 
even to them that would believe on his name, which were born, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Talking about that spiritual birth that we were born of God. It wasn't anything that we willed into existence ourselves because we couldn't do that. We can't do that. It's not something, again, that we worked for or made happen because it, doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. It is a free gift of God. That salvation is a free gift. It's given to us. We, have to, we can do nothing to earn it. Or to, we can do nothing to even receive it except trust in what Christ did. So again, we're not, not of blood. It, I don't have any ancestors. I don't have any heritage, technically, that would buy me into heaven and buy me into this position to be a son of God. It's not in my bloodline, okay? It goes on saying, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we, be, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It must have been wonderful at that time. And I know we've all thought about it, being born again. But it must have been wonderful at that time. And they, they didn't really probably know or even think about what was going on to the extent of they were in the very presence can you imagine if Christ walked through those doors, dressed the way they dressed in those days? Okay. Um, <laughs> Brother Robert used to talk about flip-flops and stuff <laughs> and uh, how people dress. And uh, It's amazing. If you've ever watched some things on TV, which we don't get regular, uh, we don't have regular TV, we... We, uh, I get like YouTube and Netflix or whatever. That Netflix, I'm. <laughs> but anyway, you can see some of these people that that call themselves Christians. They call themselves pastors and preachers and teachers. I mean, they they dress down, you know. I mean, they have no reason. I mean, I'll be honest with you now. I hate this. I hate this suit. I've told you this before. I hate this suit. I hate the tie. I, I don't like it. And I remember one time, now this, this is up to her when this actually happens, if it happens. I told her, I said, you know what, when I die, don't bury me in a, in a suit and tie. Just a nice shirt, collared shirt, buttoned down, you know. Don't put me in a shirt and tie, okay? But, you know, that's no big deal now. If you want to do that, you, you got my okay to do that. But what I'm saying is, they, some of these people just, they don't look like they represent the Lord. They don't act or talk like they represent the Lord. And uh, if I would probably say that if Christ walked into any one of their facilities, they probably wouldn't recognize them. Because they, I think they see Jesus in a different way quote-unquote, light. Not this light, but their own light, the light of the world. Uh, and they're, they're not talking about this Christ. They're not talking about this Savior, even though they might mention his name and talk about some things. But I don't believe a lot of them truly are children of God. And we've heard that over and over and over over the years behind 
pulpits, but the fact is that it's true. But these, they actually, they actually got to touch and handle and see and spend time and hear him talk face-to-face, one-on-one. What a privilege it was to be a part of that original group of men that were called to follow, to be able to sit down and just talk with, with God. I mean, that just blows me away. I, I just, ah. But then I remember, as I said before, it's not quite the same way, maybe. But when, you, when I read the Bible, when I read the Word, I am experiencing Christ. I'm experiencing what He died for. Okay, what He bled for, shed His blood for. I'm experiencing what, why God resurrected him for me, for you. But I have to put it on one-on-one personal for me, okay? And I'll be so happy one day when I'll be able to stand in his presence, you know. I'm pretty sure I'll probably kneel first, you know. Isn't that amazing? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit here, but isn't that amazing in the garden when they come to get Jesus? And he goes, who are you looking for? Slang term, I guess. And they told him they were looking for Christ. And when he told them who he was, remember what happens in, in one part of that? They all fell. Amazing. Amazing. And some of these... Dreamers say, I, was, I went up to heaven and I, I got to see God and spend time with him. And he told me this. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, the power of God's, just the power of God's word. That's how, that's how things are going to be defeated in the end. He's going to speak. He's going to speak. And, and it's all going to be gone. The power of his word. The power of his word now can give us the same result if we use it correctly. If we're prayed up and, and being used of God, the power of his word still exists. It, did, it didn't disappear whenever Christ died and went to heaven. It's still here. That's why men and women and children are brought under conviction when the word of God is preached. You know, I remember when I got saved. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I didn't fall down. I did. I just remember hearing the scriptures that I, I that I didn't don't remember hearing before. Everything just opened up. I mean, the light was there. I saw the truth, and for the first time, I think in my life. I realized my situation. I realized where I was headed. I realized who Jesus was. And it was like, bam. You know, it just the light came on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes. You know, and then when you're asked, do you want to trust Christ? Yes. Yes. And it was, it was just, it was awesome. I wish it could have been me there. I mean, you got your own experience, and it was probably just as awesome. But I wish it could have been me there. <laughs> Oh, it's great. But anyway, I am out of I am out of I chased rabbits. Real quick, real quick. 
Bear with me. We jump over to chapter 3. Okay. And real quick, just going to highlight it for you real quick. We get into a conversation with Nicodemus and Christ. See, there was a man of, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a ruler now of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, now listen, okay? We, we, go, we go from talking about doing the miracles and God be with them, and right away, bam, Jesus doesn't waste any time. He, right off the bat, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, okay? This is personal with Nicodemus. He says, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't waste any time. He knew why Nicodemus was really there. He knew what Nicodemus really wanted to hear, what he, what he wanted to understand, trying to understand. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Two questions that you have to ask yourself back then. How can this be? You know, how can, how, what are you talking about being born again and all this stuff? Again, Jesus answered, verily, verily. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, again, personal, I said unto thee, ye must, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto them, How can these things be? Here's the thing. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? I'm just going to stop it right there. You would think that Nicodemus would know. Or at least have an idea, or at least have an anticipation of something to come. And finding out that Jesus was the something that came. He was the someone that came. And he is face to face with him. Face to face with him. Talking about the most important things. I can only wonder how Nicodemus felt. Especially when Christ said, you're a master. You're, you basically, you should know these things. You should know this. And I'm sure it really humbled Nicodemus a bit. Aren't they all master of Israel and know it's not these things? A lot of people are smart. I, I am not a smart person. I do not. I did make good grades in school. I mean, Good grades, especially in college, but high school, I, I, and I bombed out. I barely got out. I'm not a smart person. Not a, I don't consider myself an intelligent person. I'm more of a kind of a common sense guy, you know. But 
I am so glad that God saw fit to give me the opportunity to understand what was being said to me when I was witness to. I'm glad it didn't just go over my head in one ear and out the other. I'm glad it didn't hit a stony heart, you know, a cold heart, a closed mind. I mean, I was ready. I was ready, not, not that I was reading the Bible and, and seeking that in particular, but I was ready for the truth to be revealed to me. And it was. And the truth is revealed to Nicodemus here, too. I'm not going to go anymore. But it, there's so many things in the Scripture that just amazed me with Christ's encounter with individuals. The, the, the woman at the well the statement, I must needs go through Samaria. He had a divine appointment that he knew about. She didn't know it. The disciples didn't know it. But Christ knew that he had to be there in that place at that time waiting for her to come to the well so that he could one-on-one be with her and tell her who he was. It changed her life. She went back and witnessed and brought people out. I mean, people got saved. People got saved. His encounter with the um, the crazy man in, 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 the, in the, the cemetery. That transformation amazes me. I mean, the guy was, was demon-possessed. He, he was crazy. People were afraid of him. His encounter with Christ changed that. I mean, Bam. He was lost and possessed. And then, bam, he was saved and born again. Here's, here's the most heartbreaking part of that story. That I, I, it's not that it's wrong. Or it, it's, it's just heartbreaking. When Christ was going to leave, that man wanted to go with Christ. He wanted to go with Christ and be with Christ. Christ had to tell him, you need to go back. You need to go back home. You need to go back to your city, your town. You need to be a witness is what he was telling them. You need to tell them what happened to you. They need to see what happened to you. But you need to go back. That to me was, was sad on the part that the man, I'm sure, was truly disappointed that he couldn't go and be with Christ like the others. But God had something for him to do. He had to go back and be a witness. And that's, that's our situation a lot of times. Christ says, I need you to do something. I need you to do something specific. And maybe he has said that to you. I need you, not that you're not with Christ, but I'm just saying, I need you to do something specific. And only you can do it. And only you can, I think of Brother Tommy, the truck driver. He sees and talks to people all over. He has an opportunity to be a witness to people that you and I will never see, never hear about, never know exist, but Tommy does because he's out there on the road. You know? 
He has been given that opportunity from God to do that. And it's the same thing with all of us. It, it's not, not all of us are called to, to be a preacher, or to stand behind a pulpit in, in this capacity, sorry. But we are called still to be a preacher and a witness on our job site, in our neighborhood, in our families, and, and everywhere that we go, we take the gospel with us. Okay? Some people think, oh, I wish I, was, wish I could be a preacher. I wish I could do that. That's not always the case. That's not always what's needed. You know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of guys have been called to preach, and boom, next thing you know, they're, they're out of church, they're gone, and, and they go to college. My feeling on that is, after experiencing some of that, if you feel that you've been called to preach... And you're sure of it. Now, this is not, this is just me. This is not to be taken as this is the way it should be. But I think you, as being called and knowing for sure without a doubt, you need to spend some time where you're at growing. You need to get under the pastor's leadership and mentor. Okay? You need to get out in your community and neighborhood, and you need a witness there. You need to maybe take opportunities to maybe, once you've been proven, to maybe go into another church and preach. You understand what I'm getting at? A lot of men have gone to school and, and bailed out. A lot of men have gone to school, went through school, graduated, and took a church, and now they're, they're no longer preaching and teaching because... They found out, well, I, I don't think I was really called or, or whatever, okay? I found myself in that position. But take the time. If God says stay, if God says go back, then do what God says at that time. Do it because you need time to grow. He needed time to grow and mature spiritually. And he would have got it with Christ, but at the same time he needed to be the witness to those around him that were afraid of him. Okay, so, but but anyway, we can't hide the light because if that light is within us, it has to shine. It has to shine. We have to let it shine. We we don't we don't want to fight it. We have to let it shine and tell others about Christ as best as we can, you know, and and just do the best you can. But Thank you for being patient with me as we get through this. I hope I hope God was able to use it to help you, say something to you, you know. But sometimes I fear, even in my own life, do we really know who Christ is? We we read, but do we really know who Christ is? Do we really? We'll say we're born again. But do we really have that close, intimate relationship that we should have? Are we, are we spending time in the garden? That was my mother's favorite song, In the Garden. And he bids, bids me go. You spend time with him, but he bids me go. You know, you, you spend time on your knees. You spend time in, in prayer and in word. But God also says you need to get up and go. Take what you've learned. Take what I've given you and go and share it. Go and share it. Did I? Deuteronomy 32, 2.
Let me read this particular question. I'm going to let you go. To have knowledge is great. To have knowledge is great. To teach knowledge is a gift. Okay? It's always, it's always uh, people read, 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 and read, 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 but they, they never take the, the knowledge and share it. They hold it in. A lot of times we hold Christ in. We, we don't take the knowledge of him and our salvation and give it to others. Deuteronomy 32.2 says this. I've got this in. <laughs> I call it a teacher's prayer. My doctrine or my teaching shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill, or in other words, drip as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass. As teachers, even as preachers, but as teachers, you are teaching, you have the opportunity to, to teach to young people who are tender, the tender herb, the, you know. And then you, from there, you, go, you have the opportunity to rain down, to shower down on the older child of God, the, the older Christian, the mature Christian. So teaching involves all of that, and it is like a rain. When it talks about that distilled, I hate to use this. That's the only thing that came to my mind. But a distillery where you've got the drip, drip, drip. It's a slow drip. That means, you know, you take time. You take more time. Other people can absorb it quicker. Some can't. Just like the Bible talks about, some people are still trying to take in the milk when that, in their life they should be chewing on the meat of God's Word. So a teacher and a preacher knows, should, should learn how to deal with all of those. One of my, <laughs> one of my, uh, one of my notes that I wrote to myself and said it would be a good message, it's just a title, but it, it, it talks about... Uh, um, the church uh, being a church of misfits. Now, don't take that wrong, because it didn't, it didn't, I didn't get it wrong. A, mer- a church of misfits. You think of that Christmas thing, where the, the island of misfits, where they got all the broken toys and stuff. And, and, and they, brother, it is a silly illustration, but doesn't it apply? Amen. We are all in some way or another over the years, especially if you are an older senior, there's some brokenness. There's some wounds. There's some scars. There's some things that hasn't healed yet that you're still trying to deal with that, that happened years ago. But we are a church of misfits, not in a bad way. But God deals with each one of us. Some of us are growing faster than others. Some of us just have trouble growing, period. And we may never in a lifetime be where we should be because of difficulty, because of fear, because of doubt, whatever. But we're a church of misfits. But we should love each other. We are commanded to love each other, to exhort each other, to lift each other up, to help each other, no matter, no matter what, no matter what. Okay? So I hope you got something out of that, and I hope God, God was glorified through it. So let's pray, and we'll dismiss for 
our late afternoon our late afternoon meal, okay? Visitors, you are welcome to stay. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time. And thank you for your word, Lord, that it reveals so much to us about our lives and so much to us about who you are. We just need to take the time to dig in and read it and, and, and get to know you more and more and more and better and better and better every day. We love you. Thank you for all that you do for us. I pray that you bless the meal, bless the, bless the time of fellowship, and, and that, Lord, just uh, bring us back for our afternoon uh, time to spend together. And we just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal fair. When the saved of earth shall gather <laughs> over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. <coughs> love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. sing its work. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, thus is perfectly. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because He first loved me. It tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, He'll sunshine all the way. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. for my soul each day. It is joy divine to feel and never in the path may be. Bless the Lord is glory all the way. <clears throat> Years 
spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows the sky with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. <clears throat> Wonderful love that rescued me, sunk deep in sin. Guilty and vile as I could be, no hope within. When every ray of light had fled, oh glorious day. Raising my soul from out the dead, love found a way. Love found a way to redeem my soul. Love found a way could make me whole. Love sent my Lord to the cross of shame. Love found a way, oh, praise his holy name. Seeing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, how he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, seeing it with the saints in glory. Gathered by the crystal sea, I was lost, but Jesus found me, found the sheep that went astray, threw his loving arms around me, drew me back into his way. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, and gathered by the crystal sea. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. Faint was I from many a fall. Sight was gone, and fears possessed me, but he freed me from them all. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story. 
Of the Christ who died for me, sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. Can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed to call him mine! All that fills my soul is Jesus, he is more than life to me. And the fairest of ten thousand, in my blessed Lord I Along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe and veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. What did you just say? Hmm? Did you just say something? No. Oh. Came through the door and I thought I heard you say something. Oh. All right. Here below, praise 
suggested that to me one day and I learned it in five minutes and we sang it that day. 
God has blessed me with the ear to hear the notes. If Evelyn plays it once or twice, I'm going to remember it. I won't remember the words, but I'll remember the notes. And I'll read the words the whole time and follow her. Oh. sweet I love this music to repeat it makes my joys full and complete the precious name of Jesus This happens all the time. What did you think of that Dakota out there? Oh, that's what you're talking about? I, um, I'll be honest, I bought it with you in mind. If you don't buy it, it's no big deal, someone else will. But I did buy it with you in mind. Tell me about it. I'm in the business. I own nine cars, personally. I sell them. I don't keep them. But I only buy the ones that I would buy. You know what I mean? And if I would buy it, someone else would buy it. 
Because I don't buy junk. I'll be honest with you, I only stayed for you. <clears throat> King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along that narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. I know that my redeemer. Oh, that's the wrong tune. I have that tune in my head. <clears throat> Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. I'm ruining that one. Times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, 
to murmur and despair, but Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. This one's hard for me to sing. Let's try it anyway. Oh, God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. To die on Calvary's tree, promise him to set me free. Someday he's coming back. What glory that will be. I ruined it. Wonderful his love to me. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclash to set me free.
I thought it was funny. If you would please join with me on page 308, Higher Ground, page 308. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord plant my feet on high. songs. One of the perks about getting to pick the songs is you get to pick the songs. <laughs> Let's bow our heads in prayer, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for gathering us here today. Thank you for putting it on the hearts of the soldiers that gave their lives to allow us to 
live our lives the way that we do. Lord, please bless this service. And whatever the lesson is that you have for us, please let it not be lost on any one of us. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 357 is another one of my favorite songs.
you would please join with me on page 377, and those who are willing and able, please stand. 377, stand up for Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> no, praise the Lord. Uh, that's, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to say it, so I'll, we'll just get in. I was going to say it. I'll, we'll make it quick. But 
Well, to start off, we're going to uh, uh, we're going to go to five uh, reference verses before we get into what we're talking about. But what we're going to be talking about, and and briefly, because I don't I, I don't have a lot of notes, but that doesn't make a difference, right? I can rattle on. But uh, called to be saints, called to be saints. What a glorious thing. Uh, let's pray and then we'll read those verses, okay? Father, we thank you so much that, that the, Lord, we get to come again and gather together around your word. And, Lord, I, I, uh, I thank you for this that's, that we're going to talk about uh, briefly. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's just something that, Lord, that you, I think, laid upon my heart a, a while back and Something that it just it just kind of ticked me and it was uh, eating at me and and uh, Lord I, I I think this was maybe the opportunity that I have to kind of just briefly talk about it and uh, it's our afternoon service and, and we have our main group here and uh, I just pray God that you you bless us in your Word and, and show us uh, something that I think we really need to know and and apply to our lives every day because Satan try so hard to destroy us and tear us down. And you, in your word, Lord, you try so hard to lift us up and, and to see us in a different light than what the world may see us and what, devil, what the devil would have us to believe about ourselves. And So I pray, God, you bless this time and just give us a, a good time around your word and pray to be glorified and honored in, in what's being said and done. Give us a good afternoon, Lord, and I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Called to be saints. What a privilege. What a privilege. If you want to turn to Romans uh, chapter 1 and verse 7. And simply reading verse 7. Just, you know, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to turn over to, I get used to this new Bible. If you want to turn over to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. <clears throat> that one reads, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all, that in, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to turn over to 2 Corinthians, this is just going to kind of set a little bit of a, a groundwork, a foundation for me. It's just to say what I have to say. Get on, get off, and, and hopefully we'll let you go. And I, I really do hopefully that I can let you go without, you know. But anyway, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. I'm not sure if I pronounced that word. But anyway, again, 
Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to jump over to Ephesians 1, again, Ephesians 1, verse 1. And that says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last one is over in Philippians 1, and again verse 1. And that says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically what I wanted to do was just set that, that mindset, set that foundation uh, of what I just want to try and share with you. I can make room here. The idea, I guess just to, to say, how do we see ourselves on a daily basis? How, how do we see ourselves in the light of God's word? Or how do we see ourselves maybe in the light of the, of the darkness of the world? How do we see ourselves? Uh, do we see ourselves as sinners? Is it how, do we go about the day thinking, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner? Do we see ourselves as saints? Do you go around during the day thinking, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a saint, I've been called to be a saint, I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm, I'm this or that? Do, do we have basically a proper balance of, of each position in our Christian life? And, and uh, which position basically do we feed the most? What's going on through your day in your mind? What do you see when you look in a mirror? A proper balance basically is not, in this case, 50-50. Okay. If we dwell more and live more in the negativity of the center part, that in that position... We may and most likely are doing ourselves, I think, great harm and missing out on God's blessings and on his service. Here's, here's just kind of interject this, okay? I know that a person is not to think of themselves uh, better than they are or more highly than they are, okay? And I know that, I know that, and this has nothing to do with positive thinking, okay? Absolutely nothing to do with positive thinking, although I believe that there is a positive thinking and there is a negative thinking. Okay, I mean, there's proof of that. Uh, but this isn't really so much about positive, feeding yourself positive stuff to be positive. Basically, I just want you to see in Scripture that we are called to be saints. We are saints. What is, this? What is a saint? Basically, a saint is a, is, is a set-apart one who have confessed Christ as Savior. It's not difficult to understand. 
But, but do we see ourselves in that light, in God's Word? Do we see ourselves as saints? Are we children of God or are we children of darkness? Are we children of Satan? Well, of course we're not. If you're born again, you're a child of God. Then you need to see yourself. We need to see ourselves in that light. In that light. I have lived most of my life, and she can, my wife can be a testimony to this. And I, I mentioned earlier about uh, the fear and things like that. But I, I live with the with a feeling I guess that that uh, people other people were better than me that that I was worthless and useless i I didn't feel like I had anything to offer anybody I grew up like that and and you know brother Brewer talks about being an introvert boy I was an introvert you know I really was I mean you could be my friend but you know, a lot of times I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to you or greet you as, you know, I just, I was just shy and backward. As a, as a young boy, I used to hide behind my mom. I remember uh, across the street, we were, I walked over with her and uh, she was talking to a neighbor lady. And I remember very clearly hiding behind my mom the whole time because I didn't want the lady to look at me. I didn't want her to see me. I didn't want to have to say anything to her. And that's the way it was a lot of times. Around my own family or any aunts and uncles or cousins, it was, it was excruciatingly painful to have to, you know, talk with them and be with them because I was just so shy and backwards. And like I said, I didn't think very well of myself. I don't know why. My mother, my dad left when we were nine. I don't think that really had any real damage and, and caused any of that. My mom didn't verbally abuse me and insult me or anything. I, I, I was, being the last child, I, I grew up and uh, almost kind of, I mean, I did some things with, with uh, my brother that's uh, three years older than me. But still, it was just, I, I felt like, like I was uh, born out of place, born out of time. I didn't fit anywhere. I couldn't seem to fit into a, a conversation. And, and I still experience that today, okay? A uh, little secret, guys. Uh, I, I'm, I know nothing about guns. <laughs> I, I find them fascinating, especially older guns. I like antique things. But, you know, I don't fit very well in your conversation talking about guns and ammo. I just don't. Uh, now, if you wanted to talk about, <laughs> he's smiling. She knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> if you want to talk about cameras, you know, I'm not an expert, but I like them. I've got a few, and and I like I like getting online and looking at antique cameras and things like that, and and uh, you know, I, I do I, I like that. I like a lot of things, to be honest with you. I do. I, and, and guns fascinate me as to, you know, their operation and the look and style of them and stuff like that. It, it fascinates me. Uh, my dad used to own a, I think he actually had a set of old Derringers. He made, he made a gun cabinet and uh, got a set of old Derringers. And in that cabinet, he made a, a way of crossing them so that you could see them through the other guns that were stacked there. This was just I think that gun rack held about 10 guns, I think 10 rifles, plus he had those two pistols. But 
you know, it's not that I didn't grow up with guns. It's not that I hate guns. It's just I, I just never got into it, okay? I never got into hunting, although my dad hunted. I went frog gigging with him. We went fishing. And we, you know, we did our camping things. Uh, went out squirrel hunting with him one time. You know, so I'm familiar with that, but I'm not an expert enough. I'm not into it enough to really get into it with you guys. It's the same thing about a lot of things. I'm pretty dull. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know why she married me. I think she. I think she married the wrong guy. I always kid her. She'll talk about things that you know, happen, and I. <laughs> and I'll go. Uh, that ain't me. That must have been that other guy you married, because I don't remember that. And she's like, oh, stop it. You know? So, <laughs> but truth be known, some, I don't remember a lot of things she talks about, the conversations or whatever, you know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but we are called to be saints. We can talk about this. We, it's something that we have in common. We're, we were called to be saints, okay? And... Here's something in, in my prayer. It was it's something that that has happened and that I heard uh, consistent enough that it just really it, it was like that thorn in the flesh. It just dug at me, and I I learned not to like it. It's not that I don't think I'm a sinner, okay? Because that would be a lie. You know, you can go to. Uh, you know, First John and, and read about that. Uh, so I, I'm not naive. I'm not, you know, I'm not denying the fact I'm in this fleshly body. I know that I'm a sinner. But I don't think every day that I have to look at myself. And here's here. Uh, we're called to be saints. We are addressed as saints. We're children of God or brethren. Okay. We are not addressed as sinners so much. When you read, Paul doesn't say, hey, you sinners, saints, brethren. You know, uh, church of, of Corinth or whatever. He addresses us those uh, us in in those terms. Okay, uh, like I said, we are not addressed as sinners. We're not addressed as the dirt of the earth. We're not addressed as filth. We're not addressed as wicked. We're not addressed as useless and, and no good. We're not addressed as dirty, rotten, heathen, and so on and so on and so on. I think it's damaging if you. If you want to be healthy, if you want to be a healthy Christian, I think it's damaging to, to us to dwell too much on the fact that, yes, we are sinners. We still live in this sinful body, and we have to do battle with it every day until the day we die or the day we go home to be with the Lord, whatever. We deal with that. But it's just like I've heard before. There's like a black dog and a white dog doing battle in you. We, the flesh and the spirit, okay? Well, which one do you feed the most? Which one do you want to succeed the most? Which one do you want to have more power in your life? Obvious choices. You feed the spirit. You can't do that if you look in the mirror. Ladies, you look in the mirror enough. Guys, we shave whatever. You look in there and you tell yourself, okay? Man, I am horrible. I'm bad. I'm this. I'm everything that you can think of. And the devil is just going, <laughs> yeah, man, go ahead. Say some more. You know, that's what you are. That's the truth. You're a dirty, rotten, <laughs> even. You know. He wants that. Because what happens when we do that, 
it diffuses that fire that we have in us from the Spirit. It diffuses that excitement to get up in the morning and get our day going. It diffuses that passion, that desire, that burden to tell someone, to tell someone about Christ, to share the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're, if we're walking around with our head down, looking down and not up, and I'm not, I'm not saying literally walk around and follow, but I'm saying we need to look to the one that saved us. We need to look to the one that looks at us as his child. His. You, you go over and, and you read, uh, what, what is it? Well, it's what? I guess both 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. You know, he talks about little children. I used to think that was kind of funny, little children. Well, we're not little kids. We're not. But in the eyes... Maybe in the eyes of God we are to some extent. We are little children because we're growing. We're still maturing. Some of us, again, like I said, are, we're still feeding on the milk. We're, you know, we're learning to eat some vegetables that we don't like. We're learning to chew on some meat uh, when we find it in God's Word and, 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 and study and learn and understand what it is. Uh, we are His children, and He is raising us through the Word of God. He is raising and and, and teaching and disciplining and everything that goes along with a parent and a child in, in our life, you know. And sometimes there's the spankings, the disciplining, you know. Sometimes there's the, you know, you get talked to. Uh, it's not like you're hearing voices coming out of nowhere and scolding you. But when you read the Word of God, uh, it was like, what Christ said to Paul, it's, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, okay? He was, he was fighting. Paul was, was, was fighting inside. He was doing battle inside as to what was right and wrong. You know, he stood and, and, and held the coats and he watched as they stoned Stephen to death. He, he was a part of that. You ever think about, you ever think about that? Paul had to go through his life. Now listen. Because it's kind of part of this. Paul had to go through, when he got saved, he had to go from that point on grow as a Christian and, and you know, be used of the Lord knowing, knowing that he partook of Stephen's death. Knowing that he wreaked havoc on churches, throwing men, women in prison and children he just went through and just ripped things apart and didn't care who got hurt. Didn't care what happened or, you know, what was left standing. He was that kind of guy. He was dedicated to doing what he believed in his heart was right in serving God. And he believed what was right was persecuting Christians, children of God, until he found out different. But he had to live with that. Do you think he got up every day and said, Paul... You murder, you filthy, rotten scum, blah, blah. No, I, I think he got up, got through his day thinking, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for using me. I think he tried to feed as much on what was right and the positive of being a child of God and tried to push that in the back because in Scripture he says he had to put those things in the back, in the, in the past, and move on. That's what we need to do. You know, move on. Put the, put the past in the past. Put the mistakes of yesterday, bury them, and move on. You know, and, and that's where we're at. Um, 
like I said, just it's not how our God, it's not how our Lord and Savior sees us. We're heirs. We're joint heirs. We're a friend of Christ. Do friends call each other names and insult each other? No. No. Uh, Jesus, like I said, Jesus referred to us as friends. God the Father sees us through the blood of Christ. He sees us through the blood of Christ. So he doesn't see that. He doesn't see that, that part of it. It's, he sees us in the light of Christ. He sees us as righteous. He sees us as children. And God does not address, uh, God, uh, does not address us as uh, his children in such derogatory ways that, that we've talked about here. Uh, if we daily, if we daily look at ourselves and think of ourselves in, in such degrading, um, condemning ways, okay, we are giving uh, insult, I believe. I believe we're giving insult to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who died for us. You know? He didn't come to do what he did so for us to live in that type of lifestyle. Okay? He, he came that we might have life and, and have it more abundantly. Okay? Is that, is that what he said? And so we need to think more abundantly. We need to think that way. <clears throat> he, uh, again, like I said, heirs and joint heirs. Uh, if you can, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it, read, read your Bible and tell me where in, in God's Word that we are to think of ourselves in these negative ways daily. Uh, and if you or I, as a, as a child of God, if we're living in, in such a way that, that is dishonoring to our Heavenly Father in a way that brings reproach uh, on the name of our Lord and Savior, then yes, you are a sinner. Because you're doing the opposite of what, you, of what God does, does not want you to do. Okay. It's enough that Jesus. Or it's enough that Satan accuses us constantly, constantly before the throne. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's enough to deal with. Okay, and he constantly loses. But we do not want to dishonor our Lord and Savior in the way that we think. Now, we should. As we saw, uh, we didn't see it in gold, but over here, we all know it. Let me get to it again. And you, you know it when it's going to say it. Philippians 4, uh, was it 4.13? Or not Philippians 4.13, It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's the verse, basically. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are, uh, what did I say, honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Does that sound like we're supposed to every day 
lift up our our uh, sin and and glorify our sin and and let you know let the devil have you know his victory in our life instead of saying you know this I I know I'm a sinner I know I'm a sinner but I also know I'm a child of God I also know that I find grace in His sight I also know that I'm I'm saved through the the death, burial, and resurrection of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I know these things. And sometimes there are days where you have to constantly remind yourself because the, the, it's just a tough day. People around you are just like Paul. You know, you're just being bombarded with negative stuff. You know, you, you go to work and, you know, you hear all kinds of things that you'd rather not hear. You see things you'd rather not see. And then you have to come home and try and, uh, what, uh, deprogram yourself. <laughs> I used to have to do that all the time. I'd, I'd come home from work and I'd go get in the house and a lot of times I'd go straight to the bedroom, close the door, and it's like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Don't want to hear the phone ring. Don't want to talk to anybody on the phone. I don't want to talk to anybody. Leave me alone. Because it's just been a lousy day at work. You know? And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. But anyway... But if you can find something there that, that tells me that I should think on those things, well, let me know and, and we can talk. But, um, that's, you know, be honest with you, that's basically what I wanted to tell you. Uh, I, I, I had hoped that, you know, it would be something that would, you know, a little bit to lift you up and a little bit to maybe keep you going and, and make the day a little bit better. Uh, one thing, one thing I do not like about winter is it depresses me. I get, I get depressed. I hate seeing everything dead and barren, and I hate it. And it, I, from day one, when everything, all the leaves fall off, and I'm, I'm thinking, come on, summer, come on, spring, please, please, please. You can't get here fast enough for me. Uh, and then when I, when spring comes in, everything blooms out, everything gets green. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm better. I like it. And to me, that's like, I know winter has its purpose in God's plan. Uh, I don't particularly care for that. Other people, a lot of people like the cold weather and stuff. I, it's not so much the cold weather. It's just looking outside and seeing a dreary sky and, and, and you know, just darkness sometimes and just deadness. I, I don't like that. And uh, that's when you got to fight harder to lift things up, lift your spirit up, and, uh, and, and dwell on these, these things here that we've, we've talked about. But still, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just a way of life. It's our conversation in this world that we have to be uh, careful with and aware of because other people see that. Other people see that. Uh, there were times where in, in, in a job that I was working at, uh, I guess, and I didn't pay any attention. I guess before I was, I'd, I'd come into the office area where I was working at, and I guess I'd be smiling, you know, and stuff like that. And I had a habit of kind of whistling. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was cutting grass one time when I was younger. And my next door neighbor, a, a young girl, she was sitting there in the lawn chair with my mom, and they were watching me. And she, she knew I was whistling. And she, and my mom told me later, she, she leaned over and said. Why is he whistling? What's he, what's he whistling about? And she goes, he just whistles. <laughs> so I guess I was doing that when I walked in the office, and they got used to that. 
Well, one day I walked in the office to get some paperwork or something, and I guess I wasn't smiling. You know what they said? Kevin, what's wrong? I'm like, what do you mean? Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. You're not smiling. I said, well, so what? You know, it doesn't mean anything's wrong. But they could see it. But it was nothing wrong. But to them, something was wrong. So people can, they can sense that, you know. And, and uh, we want them to, not that we have to walk through every day smiling, laughing, joking, and cutting up and whatever. Uh, we have issues in our life that we do kind of mourn about, okay? It doesn't always put the smile on us. But it doesn't mean that, that there's not joy and happiness in the heart. Uh, but sometimes it is a little difficult to get it from here to here for people to see and for people to hear when we, when we speak. Uh, so, and, and I can be, I can be negative. I can be, I can be down. Uh, my wife, she's, from the time I met her in school till now, everything's great. It'll work out. We can do it. No problem. We can do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> okay, we can do it. But that's the way she is. She just grew up like that. I don't know what happened to me. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to let you know that we are called to be saints. Let's act like it. Let's let ourselves believe that and not feel guilty about it, okay? Let's, you know, because the devil will take anything and everything, and he'll turn it around, turn it upside down, jumble it up, and you'll come out all shook up thinking, what in the world happened? I mean, I was just like just... A second ago, I was fine. All of a sudden, now I'm like, you know, man, that's the flesh a lot of times, too. Somebody will say something, you know, and it just, it, it just hits you the wrong way, you know, hits you the wrong way. You'll say something and hit somebody else the wrong way, and you'll hear about it. But it, it's, just, it's just a little thing that I wanted to throw at you, and, and hopefully that, that we, because there's been issues in our church, you know, people have passed away so there is sorrow and there's mourning and you know and things come up you know like I said uh, that 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 will bring us down that will it, they'll cause us to doubt and they'll, they'll cause us to to not trust the Lord and uh, like we should trust him today versus yesterday you know, where everything was fine but today for some reason I just can't seem to find what I need you know well, then, you know, we need to get into these scriptures and read what God thinks about us and read how much he loves us. Uh, I read somewhere, and I, uh, I thought I looked it up and saw it. I, I thought this was really, God really loves us. I mean, he really does look at us as his children. And the word Abba, I was told that that word Abba can translate to Papa. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I heard a well-known preacher say that. And I, I think I looked it up, but I'm not sure exactly if it translated exactly that way. But it was said that it, 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 could, be, it could be taken as Papa. Do you, ever, you remember calling your parents Mama, maybe? Daddy, Papa? Our grandchildren, even our older grandchildren to this day, and you would think they would stop, but they call us Mama and Papa. Okay, and they're not little kids anymore. 
They're adults, grown up. And you would think that would be embarrassing for them to say, hey, Mama, I love you. We go out, we go out the house, like yesterday, kids were leaving, and it's not quiet. It's not a quiet goodbye. The neighbors can really hear us talking, and we'll be at the back door. They'll be out in the street, and we'll, they won't quietly say it. Love you! Everybody, here. We yell back, love you too! I haven't heard anybody else in our neighborhood do that. My, my brother told me one time, he said, Kevin, he said, you guys are, are so loving. You, you hug and you kiss each other. My two grown boys will kiss me on the cheek. And for a while, Michael, my youngest, who is a, a missionary in Brazil, occasionally he would, he would kiss me on the lips and say, I love you, Dad. He'd hug me and, I love you, Dad. It's natural. It's natural to, to be expressive like that. And I think God expresses that in some of the language here that's, that's in his word. And he just wants to let us know that I am. You can look at me, yes, as Heavenly Father, as God the Creator, but you can look at me as Daddy or Papa. I don't think that's disrespectful. I think it's just more, to me, Father, the word Father, it's, it's more uh, strict, but not, I'm not saying that in, in, a, in a bad way towards God, but it, it just seems like it's more, uh, I don't know, I don't know the right word. But to be able to say dad or daddy or mom or papa or whatever, it's, it seems to be more intimate. It, it really does. And, and I think maybe the title father towards God is, is uh, you know, the, the deity side of it, the, re, the respect that we should show him. But at the same time, aren't there moments in your life when you're reading or when you're praying? <sighs> Doesn't God ever grab a hold of your heart and just squeeze it to let you know he's there? Does, does anybody ever have that experience besides me? And you know he loves you. You know he's saying, I'm here. Just hang on. I'm here. And to me, I don't find myself too much saying father. You know, I do. But, I mean, it's more of a papa experience. It's more of a daddy. Pop. I don't mean pop in a disrespectful way. Please don't take that wrong. But I'm there, and I know God's there with me. And I, I know it because I sense him, because, I, you know, our spirits are connecting. You know what I mean? I mean, we're there together. And there's times where I can't get through but a few verses in my reading, and I, my cup is full. I'm overflowing. I'm crying. I'm weeping. I, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm full. I mean, I just can't take any more. It's like God is just, it was so good in some of these verses. And it's like, okay, i got to take a break. I can't take any more. I need a break, Lord. So I, I do, I quit. I walk away. I don't walk away in, you know, in anger. or you know, I walk away thinking, oh, my goodness. It, can it get any better? Well, we know it can because one day we're going to be with him face to face in heaven. But it's amazing how we can have those 
feelings, those sensations here on earth when everything is so chaotic, so turned upside down and so wrong, but yet, you know, devil's beating you up over here and the spirit's over here, you know, and he wins out if you let him. If you just relax, you just let go, you find those verses and pow, devil's gone, you know. But just think on those things. Don't, don't think on, you know, the filthy sin, the dirty, rotten stuff. Our, our, our righteousness is just filthy rags. We, we know that. God knows that. You know, you have that understanding, okay? But you also need to feed yourself more with the good things, how God looks at us. And, and how God takes care of and provides and, and, and just knowing that he's there. I love you guys, and thank you for being patient with me. And I hope and pray you have a wonderful uh, weekend, a wonderful afternoon. I think we're going to have some warmer weather than yesterday. <laughs> but you all take care and be careful. Lord willing, we will see everyone. Wednesday, and uh, Wednesday will be, uh, Brother Roberts will be here. I don't know when Pastor's coming back, uh, uh, but he'll be back before next Sunday, you know. So, uh, anyway, God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. And, and again, Lord, for your word is just so rich, Father. Uh, if we would just surrender ourselves to just fall on it and and and, and just bathe ourselves in it, Lord, and, and just soak it up, uh, I think we would have more victory in our daily walk. Uh, so I, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord. And I know you love us, and and you you never fail to forgive. You never fail. To, to be there for us, to counsel us, to guide and direct. Uh, you are always true and faithful. And I just pray that we would truly, truly understand that and accept that deep within us, Lord. And uh, anything happens, let's run to you. Let's run to that, that tower of safety. Let's run to that rock that's, that's uh, solid and, Lord, Let's just give you the glory for it and the honor. Just thank you, Lord, for the salvation that we have in Christ. And thank you for, on behalf of all of us, Lord, that, that one day, that one moment in all of our lives where we trusted Christ and, and we knew it without a doubt in our heart and mind. We trusted Christ, and that's what we're living on. And so I thank you for that time that we were given to accept that free gift, Lord. And I'm thankful that we took it, that, that we, we just reached out and we took it in faith and in trust. So bless our day, Lord. Keep everyone safe and just, again, pray to be glorified in everything. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.